that'd be like me saying I read tarot cards for the glory of God. Like, come on. Exactly. And I said, no, you, you, you cannot, you cannot serve uh, your pagan gods and God. You, you just, you can't. No, that's no, that's that's wrong. Welcome back to another episode of Him Partial, the podcast where we talk all things church music. I'm Kyra Devereaux. And I'm Monet Funka. And in today's episode, we are talking to Samuel Say about his history coming to faith in Jesus, his experience within the Ghanaian church, and how far we should let culture influence our worship. But first, if you're listening on YouTube, hit subscribe and ring the bell so that you are notified whenever we drop a new episode. Um, We're also available anywhere you like to listen to podcasts, but the best way to keep in touch and get around those dodgy algorithms is to go to himpartial.com and sign up for our totally free weekly newsletter. Um, There you will find cool bonus content that we do not share anywhere else, and also you'll be notified of all of our newest episodes, and sometimes you even get hints as to what's coming. So to be the first to know what's going on, and of course to stay up to date with what we're doing, go to himpartial.com and sign up today. Yeah, so today's episode... Oh, we're so excited. We're totally buzzing. Um, We interviewed Samuel Say. Uh, We spoke to him about a number of things, uh, but we... I think it was such a fun interview. Like, it was so great. Like, he's totally a really nice guy. And um, if you don't know who this is, definitely check out the links that we talk about during the interview and we'll have some information about him in the description. Yep. He's not just like a good person to listen to. He's an excellent writer. Um, and I've been following his blog for quite a while now. Mm. And so getting to actually talk to him in person Mm -hmm. is very exciting. Um, yeah. And very humble guy. Um, just a real encouragement to the church. And I think you will be encouraged by this interview. Samuel Say is a writer, pro-life advocate, and cultural commentator born in Ghana, but immigrated to Canada when he was a boy. He has written extensively on issues within the church, and his words have been featured on The Christian Post, TheBlaze.com, The Daily Wire, and many other sites, not to mention his own blog, SlowToWrite.com. He has been working with the Canadian Centre for Bioethical Reform to protect the lives of the pre-born. He currently resides in Toronto, Canada, and is recently engaged to Annie. Samuel Say, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. That's all right. Um, Can we start off, can you tell us a little bit about how you came to faith and about your history with the church? Yeah. Um, So I was born again. um, I've been a Christian my whole life. I'm kidding. I always just say that. (laughs) But no, um, I I was raised by a Christian mother um, as early as I can remember. I, I remember her, you know, I remember her uh, seeing her praying in the room and reading the Bible and teaching me to read the Bible. Um, I, I I knew as early as five years old that I deserved the wrath of God in hell, mm. uh, partly because my mom, I was learning from my mom about uh, the reality of our sinfulness. But really, at a very young age, I was I was living in sin. I knew I was um I was worse than the average uh, five-year-old at that mm. time. I, um, yeah, uh, yeah, it's just a lot of sins, um, and so 
I, but although I knew I deserved the wrath of God, and I knew that if I um, didn't change, I knew that I was um, I would be condemned. It wasn't enough to lead me to repentance. I still lived in sin. I loved my sins. Um, mm. I I was committing sexual sin, and honestly, mm. really at the age of five years old, mm. um, and you know. So I would go to church every day. I my some of my earliest memories is walking um, from home to church um, in Ghana, holding my mom's hand, walking alongside mm. gutters in um, our, our area for like a, an hour and a half of a walk, going to an hour and a half coming back. And so I was very much raised in the church, uh, but my heart was again far from God. Yeah. Um, we end up mom is so as I said before, single, single mother. My fa my father left our family before I was born. And um, that led to, of course, a lot of difficulty. Uh, my mom was um, and is a faithful believer. And um, eventually she ended up remarrying and she moved to Canada with my with me. Mm -hmm. And I continued uh, my sins, um, but I was still in the church. At 19 years old, um, I end up uh, being forced essentially to go to a young adults retreat. And what <laughs> I mean by forced is I had no interest in doing any of that. I would just go to church on Sundays and that was it. But there was a lady in the church who would just annoy me, just like Sammy. <laughs> you gotta come. I'm like, I don't want to leave me alone. So after months of bugging me, I finally said, you know what, fine, just to shut you up, I will just go. <laughs> uh, and I had no idea that it was just the Holy Spirit, um, you know, reaching out to me um, mm. and um, not letting me go because I went to this young adults retreat and something good does come out of young retreats, I guess. <laughs> I heard the gospel that I had heard really my whole life. Mm -hmm. uh, but all of a sudden, I just hated my sins and I mm -hmm. loved God. I wanted to serve him. And um, I repented of my sins. I started actually reading my Bible that I've had my whole life. I never really read it. Mm -hmm. um, I started reading it and I loved God. And uh, that was when I was 19. I've been serving him. Uh, still with sin, but I've been serving him uh, by his grace uh, since mm -hmm. then. Praise God. Yeah, that's so wonderful. I always I always say like, you know, the Lord has the last laugh when, when it comes to what we think we got going on with our life, mm -hmm. you know, very, very similar to uh, how actually I was uh, first introduced to the gospel. Someone was kind of harassing me. Like, oh, you should come to my church. My church is amazing. Oh, but you're probably too busy. Oh, you're probably tired. You're probably this, like making excuses, like kind of like taunting me. And I was like, oh, just to shut this person up, I'm going to go. <laughs> and uh, the Lord was like, you sure are going to go. <laughs> so that's that's wonderful. Um, so you speak a lot uh, about cultural issues, especially around ethnic kind of tensions in the West. How how do you believe this filters into the church? I mean, especially in regards to music, how do you reconcile kind of the music uh, traditions of the Ghanaian church with North America and maybe the more reformed traditions? I know that's a big, giant question, but answer what you can. <laughs> that's a great question. Um, you know, with the ethnic issues or just really critical race theory and um, all of this, it's leading, of course, to a lot of Christians re um, rejecting what Paul says in that uh, there is no Jew or Gentile, uh, mm. that we're all mm. So 
Um, some are saying, no, 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 there is Jew and, and Gentile. Therefore, we need to have certain things that caters to our um, ethnic uh, backgrounds. Now, there's a difference between simply recognizing um, a ethnic group or a culture. And there's one thing about wanting to disregard biblical theology to mm -hmm. cater to a culture. So mm -hmm. one of the things that I see happening is I see a lot of um, Christians wanting to reject historical strong theology in mm. hymns or mm. just 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 basic traditional Christian songs uh, with theology and replace that with um, cultural songs that are mm -hmm. have very bad theology but but but, but would cater to their flesh mm -hmm. and that is the way that I see this um, being, and of course it only leads to more division it's more man-centeredness and then instead mm -hmm. of worshiping Christ we're worshiping a culture um, mm -hmm. that's a huge concern yeah absolutely I mean it, it's it's culture is such a hard um a hard kind of battleground for all of the church leaders kind of in the West, I would say in the world really, because what the culture wants may or may not align with what is appropriate for church or what is biblically sound or what is, you know, right and orderly. Mm -hmm. So it's really difficult, I think, for church leaders to reconcile that in general, but obviously more specifically when it comes to uh, kind of, what they'd say like maybe in the u.s like the black church i think in scotland you, it gets even more divided you might have the ghanaian church so in the nigerian church when and we first were in edinburgh um we were belonged to a church plant and there were three or four black churches in our area and they were the ghanaian church the nigerian church the something else there's like four different nationalities and they were kind of very like we're the black church but they hadn't even just separated down from skin color they'd separated off in terms of like this is where we're from and you know the Ghanaians don't go to the Nigerian church and the Nigerians don't go to the Cameroonian church or whatever mm. but that was pretty shocking for me I thought like wow that's something yeah, yeah. I, I grew up in um, when I, when I moved to Canada, I grew up in mostly a Ghanaian church as well. And then eventually I went to a church that was, it called, it was, um, it was basically an African church, but really it was like 90% Ghanaians and just everybody. <laughs> and I saw how, um, unhealthy it really is because mm -hmm. it's one thing if people are just naturally just, just, and if, if, if there is a church, if there's a Ghanaian, um, there's a Ghanaian neighborhood, and it just mm -hmm. happens to be there's a church there that people mm -hmm. just going there, not because they're Ghanaian, but just because it just happens to be a church mm -hmm. in that yeah. area, that's mm -hmm. not wrong, right? Mm -hmm. When you are going to this church, particularly mm -hmm. because it's Ghanaian yeah. uh, or Nigerian, um, that's a that's a concern because again mm -hmm. you're going there yeah. because you you want to recognize all believers as your brothers, but you're going there because you want to recognize Ghanaians as your brothers instead of mm. Christians, mm. Uh, sisters. That's a deep concern. Um, mm. You know, so that's it's something that, um, you know, especially in, in, in Toronto where we have a heavily uh, immigrant population, um, I think 55 
percent of Ghanaians, sorry, of um, immigrants, sorry, let me say this differently, 55% of Torontonians were born outside of Canada. Wow. And yeah, so we have a heavily uh, immigrant population and therefore we have so many different kinds of ethnic churches. Mm-hmm. It's a major problem here because there's then no unity within mm-hmm. the Toronto. So as you're having right now, for example, we are having quite a crisis in Canada or in Toronto with the church as it deals mm-hmm. with um, deals with the COVID um, reactions and the lockdowns, the vaccine passports and everything. Mm-hmm. Here's the problem with these ethnic churches. There's no unity because mm-hmm. everyone's doing their own thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you had just the entire church in Toronto uh, being able to um, see one another as just all of us, our family, then you would actually see, you know, see a much more unified, cohesive uh, group in um, figuring out, okay, how do we deal with this to serve each other, and to serve our city? But I guess in that regard, there there has to be a bit of a culture shock, and, and maybe you could speak to this a bit, but a culture shock for folks that immigrate, Christians, true believers that immigrate to Toronto, and they walk into a church and they're like, what's going on with this music? Like it must be, maybe it's assuming, but like how would you describe the kind of music scene or the music um, time of the worship service in a Ghanaian church versus maybe a more native Torontonian church? I don't know if I said that correctly. <laughs> oh, you said it fine. Um, you know, it's interesting because a lot of Africans, or particularly West Africans, uh, especially Ghana, Nigeria, for example, we were colonized by the British, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and therefore we grew up with hymns. Mm-hmm. Um, so I remember even in school um, at the time—I don't know about now—but at the time you would, you would, um, you would start off the uh, the classes with hymns. Mm-hmm. So for a lot of us, um, the hymns coming in with a traditional Methodist um, or you know Baptist. Uh, hymns um, were were fine, but as you, I'm sure you know, West Africans are very expressive with mm-hmm. our worship as well. What we tend to do is we'll sing a hymn uh, or more historical uh, song, and then then okay, then we have that out of the way. Now we have the praise part. <laughs> and okay, let's go dance. And there is a part of that that's very unhealthy, but there's a part where it becomes very man-centered where yeah. you're not dancing for the Lord, you're just dancing because it's just mm-hmm. what you do. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, it is healthy to dance within order, right? Within mm-hmm. a structure and not just um, being, um, I'm forgetting what the Bible says, basically being disorderly uh, as first mm-hmm. Corinthians. Um, so when you, because my very first church in, in Canada, uh, or at least one of the first churches was this white Pentecostal church. Mm-hmm. And, it was very different than what mm-hmm. I was used to. And, you know, my mom, um, you know, being the faithful believer that she is, she's always told me that, you know, uh, as I said earlier, that the church is made up of more than Ghanaians. Mm-hmm. Um, while we might have a shock and say, okay, well, we can't dance in this church, but there's much more in, there's much more important things than being able to dance or being able to yeah. uh, feel free to do what you're used to doing in your home nation. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in, in heaven, of course, there will be different tribes and languages there. Mm-hmm. And I want to be, and really, you know, the main thing is I don't want to be served. We should not desire to be served. We should be willing to serve other people. Mm-hmm. So those cannot be to our preference. Um, you know, if that's what the majority of the church is used to, 
it's okay. There's nothing wrong with wanting to change certain things in humility, um, but we want to be serving and not wanting to be served. And maybe one final thing I could say is, it's very interesting because as I said, I grew up in the Ghanaian church and um, I eventually left the Ghanaian church to go to mm. a very radically different church, which was mm. the Dutch formed church. Oh, wow. Yeah. So going from just dancing for like 30, 40 minutes before the sermon, <laughs> then going to a church where there's like barely even any singing, you know, it's, mm. it was quite a cultural, it was a quite a shock. Yeah. But I also learned so much about, again, how to serve mm. other people because mm. I had to adjust to that. But, mm. um, you know, I, I, again, you know, Christ came to uh, serve and not to be served, the least I could do. Um, for him and his church is to seek um, not my not my, just my own interest, but the interest mm. of my sisters. Mm-hmm. Amen to that. <laughs> for sure. Um, but come back to what you were saying about serving others and some things are okay to change and things. Biblically speaking, how far should like our culture and traditions be allowed to influence our worship? I think if, uh, well, so, so the main thing about worship is that we have to be singing hymns and psalms, um, you know, um, to glorify God. So meaning the words have to be biblical. They have to be theologically sound, no matter what. Once the theology is right, once God is, um, once God is being served, um, by our words, then it's, well, is it orderly? Um, are we, um, are we being Christ centered in how we are going about it? And then after that, there's nothing wrong with allowing the natural inclinations of a culture to be, um, evident in how you are singing these biblical songs and how you are organizing, how you go about doing so. So mm-hmm. I have no problem with people dancing in a church, mm-hmm. so long as again, it is um, done in an orderly fashion, it's not man-centered, where they're not mm-hmm. disrupting service, mm-hmm. which Africans have, <laughs> we did it as a Ghanaian, it can be it can be a bit, sometimes it can be a bit intense. And often <laughs> it's not worship, it's just man-centered expressions. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think so long as the songs are biblical and Christ-centered, so long as it's orderly, um, then there's nothing wrong with um, certain expressions from a culture um, being um, being evident in how um, they go about it. Yeah, I, I, I yeah. completely agree. I think it's an important line to draw um, for whether you come from a very conservative church background or a very... Uh, more Pentecostal charismatic church scene. Um, It's about that balance of like, what's the priority Bible Mm -hmm. orderly. And then of course we're, we're all different. We're going to express ourselves differently. We have Mm -hmm. different talents. We have different um, things accessible to us. Right. I mean, we did a, a whole episode on the organ and there are a lot of kind of older traditions that are like it's organ or nothing like organ is the most holy instrument in the whole world but it's like do you know how expensive an organ is like to have an organ and like installed and like to have someone that can play it as well oh yeah mm -hmm. it's it's a very complex very expensive very kind of 
status symbol to have an organ mm-hmm. in your church. Even the more electronic ones now, they're, they ain't cheap. But a guitar is like 90 quid, depending, you know, like, yeah, it's pretty easy to learn as well. Yeah. I was thinking, though, as you were speaking, like, if we have our theology right and if we're orderly, then it's unlikely that we're going to pull in anything from our culture that is biblically inappropriate Mm -hmm. anyway. Mm -hmm. I I completely agree with you. Um, I got myself in trouble, which I guess I'm used to doing that. (laughs) Speaking engagement was a discussion. And in um, in Canada, we have a fairly strong history uh, with the indigenous or native population here. Um, mm. And historically, they've been harmed by the church um, in mm. many ways, sadly. Um, but there's something called smudging. I don't know if you guys are familiar with smudging. It's basically, it's, it's basically a indigenous or native um, pagan worship. Uh, mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and there are some professing believers here who want to incorporate smudging with worship. Mm-hmm. And there was a lady next to me who claims she's a believer who was um, you know, talking about how she smudges, you know, for the glory of God and things like that. And um, that'd be like I, me saying, I read tarot cards for the glory of God. Like, come on. Exactly. And I said, no, you, you, <laughs> you cannot, you cannot serve uh, your yeah. pagan gods and God. Mm-hmm. You, you just, you can't no that's no that's that's wrong um mm-hmm. that's simply that, that has to stop and choose well it's my culture I'm like well that's the problem right because you're you see it as well you can't reject your culture to obey christ but no you have to and yeah. really it's not even your culture really it's your religion it's your former mm-hmm. religion you're yeah. holding to. and sometimes uh we don't want to separate um our culture now of course some cultures are very much tied to a religion um uh, but it's not the only thing about a culture and uh, many people don't want to let go of that. As a Ghanaian, uh, I know that historically we were pagans. And there are mm-hmm. still, is there, especially within the prosperity gospel in Africa or Ghana, you see um, the traditional pagan traditions uh, in Ghana, some wanting to incorporate that um, mm-hmm. into worship. But you have to reject that. And as you're saying, you're right, that mm-hmm. if you are seeking to use biblical uh, words in the songs, if you're seeking to... If you're seeking to um, uh, be orderly, those things will just naturally, um, you know, you will not be as tempted uh, to follow that uh, with those two things in mind. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I feel we might have touched on this question a little bit during our during our chat just now, but I I do kind of want to hone in on particularly in your experience. Do you think the way folks do music in a church the right way or the wrong way could be an idol um, or an unnecessary, unnecessary kind of source of division in the church. Absolutely. Um, I've seen it too many times where um, people do not seem to, many do not seem to understand that uh, worship is really not about us. It's about mm-hmm. worshiping God in truth and in, um, and in the spirit. And it's really about him. Is God satisfied with our worship? And of course, that the worship is not just the songs. The worship is the entire service. Um, yep. And a lot of people are just thinking, well, does the songs feel good to me? Do they make mm. me feel good? Well, I enjoy it. And look, I'll tell you guys this. I'm preparing to, uh, as you know, as you mentioned earlier, I am uh, engaged um, to my fiance now. And I'm preparing to go to her church in, um, in Ohio. And her church is more traditional than my church now, as in 
we sing newer hymns. I love City of Light. I'm a huge mm. city guy. And yeah. They don't sing City of Light just yet. And I will lie to you. I'm like, man, I like my City of Light songs. <laughs> um, you know, but it's not about me. You know, the songs yeah. that they have. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, I love the classics, but I love the classics plus the newer, mm-hmm. the yeah. Getty and the City of Lights mm-hmm. and some of the other great stuff. And they are more so focused on the classic stuff. If mm-hmm. I, I go there, I can just say, hey, guys, here I am now. Serve me. <laughs> right. But no, it's not that. Mm. That's wrong. Mm. I'm there to serve them. And yeah. the Bible says that we should outdo one another in uh, um, with good works. Mm-hmm. That means then that I said earlier that we are all trying to seek the interest of the other, not our own. And if we do that, we'll actually naturally serve one another. Yes. Um, yeah. But because the God is wiser than all of us, right? If you're seeking the other person's good, and then they're seeking your good, naturally mm-hmm. everyone pleased uh mm-hmm. now although again that's not the main point right the main point the main desire is to honor god and to yep. enjoy god in our worship and yet by doing so god is good in that he also welcomes us to enjoy worship with him mm. yes right on i i'm like well how many things can i say i agree with without it sounding just like i'm <laughs> repeating myself but you're 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 so right i think um it's making sure that we're decreasing in in how we serve and live and worship um and that really does create such unity in the church and Mm -hmm. and i think like a trust amongst believers and within a worship service if we're saying it's not about us i think it just breeds a new culture a christian culture that's healthier than what the you know local culture says is good um, and that really should be what we're striving for, no matter where we are in the world or yeah. what our ethnic background might be. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, we belong to a new kingdom now. Yeah. Um, I have one more question. It's the one that's going to get you in the most trouble. <laughs> <laughs> it's the most difficult question, but we always ask this to everybody. So, um, what is your favorite hymn? <laughs> oh, oh, man. That's the, the tough one. I go back and forth. Um, okay, if I have to pick one, I don't <laughs> want to pick on one, but I but I, I like to be strict with some of these things. Okay, probably there is a fountain filled with blood. Mm, yeah. Good one. Yeah. That's a really good one. Yeah. It's, uh, that's one where, yeah, I, yeah, I, I struggle to sing that, you know, those lyrics uh, just because of just, every line so profound uh, mm-hmm. yeah that's uh the very first time i heard it i remember just i heard it i think from a, just a an album a christian album mm-hmm. and i was just in just awe of the words yeah and, um yeah that's my favorite hymn is that a cooper one no it's robert robinson oh you did right. the episode on this i don't remember <laughs> that i'm so terrible at this we do all these episodes on on songs and then like the name of the song and like all the information around it i remember but the actual person who wrote it i'm like huh it's fair enough we have <laughs> we have like 60 episodes now so i know we're getting I to know. that point we do have actually we we did a poll um a few months ago saying like if it was actually based off of um a tweet by someone in the states and i'm totally blanking on names as i just said they've tweeted if you could like banish a hymn you know forever like no one could what would Mm -hmm. it be and someone put that that 
there is a fountain because they were like it's so gory drawn from come that fountain come that fountain of every blessing no 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 yeah so it's cooper okay come that fountain of every blessing is robert robinson and there is a fountain filled with blood is cooper that's i was right did you say which one did you say there is a fountain Oh, I, I was, was thinking right. come now found. Oh my Aww. goodness. Yeah. I'm the only Sorry. one that's listening. I, I apologize. <laughs> I didn't I, I didn't want to uh, correct so I was like, okay, I'll just uh, let, 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 <laughs> let them duke it out. They'll come to their conclusion. I was um, wrong. I'm sorry. Yeah, I think it is. But no, someone did say, Oh, I would banish that song because it's so gory, like drawn from Emmanuel's veins and we're like we it's don't beautiful. like to tell people this, but you're wrong. <laughs> we ended up doing an entire episode where we were like, here's why you should love this yeah. hymn. It's amazing. It was just in response saying, dear person, let us convince you that this is the best song. Uh, so, no, great choice. We give you top marks for that. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm very glad. I, I was struggling not to pick like other like i mean i love other hymns too but city of light i don't know i i'm a huge fan of those guys and uh, i love their song may christ be all every time i'm like choking me up there buddy (laughs) no that's a great yeah i yeah they they have so many um jerusalem gets me all the time as well too Mm -hmm. love love that song um so yeah wonderful wonderful well we, we just want to thank you so much for uh, coming on the show. There's so much here um, that we've been wanting to discuss for, for a long time. And I think you gave us a really good perspective, a biblical perspective, really to chew on. Um, again, if you have never heard of Samuel Say, you need to go check out his blog at slowtowrite.com. Um, he has a lot of good things to say and we're biased because we agree with him. And <laughs> also, um, if there's some songs in here that you are unfamiliar with, we'll link them in the description below to make sure that you can check them out. But thank you very much, Samuel, for joining the show. Thank you. Enjoy.